December 11th. You might hear some trumpet in the background. My son's taking a trumpet class, so. But we're going to continue on, because this is all about getting out ideas and inspiration. Now, uh, here are some stories from the three newspapers today. I read the New York Times, Boston Globe, and Wall Street Journal. There's a couple of TV recommendations I want to check out. One is Pennyworth, and I think that's the British one, a Cockney-accented butler. And the other one is The Wilds, and that is sort of like Lord of the Flies, but for girls. So, and it's kind of like Lost, I guess, and they get stuck in the uh, jungle. So that sounds kind of interesting. Story two is about a documentary about pigs, and uh, it has a really interesting angle. They basically just follow the pigs, you know, like a, a sow and her piglets. And there's not like narration, it's just you're really just watching the animals do what they do. And they have it all set up with uh, dolly tracks around the pen so you can follow them playing and doing whatever they do. And they also set up a stationary disco ball light system to light the interior. So pretty interesting. This was a passion project of the Russian director Viktor Raskakovsky. And the reviewer says it's an outstanding documentary. Sublimely beautiful and profoundly moving. And he says that uh, the movie's spareness is deceptive. So a lot of moving creativity in the movie, even though it's so spare. Shot in black and white, digital, no music, no voiceover, no on-screen text or people. It's just an intimate window into the lives of animals. And the message is basically of trying to help humans focus back on nature and animals and not just that you know these are these are things to serve humankind's pursuits the uh, documentary is called gunda g u n d a story number 3 is about deb price it's an obituary she died at the age of 62 and she was a columnist columnist who brought gay life into the mainstream and really inspirational story here she was the first nationally syndicated lesbian columnist. And she just wrote about regular gay life. Made it more normal for people that were, you know, against gay marriage. And she would just talk about the typical things that they would do. Bickering about whether the new car should have AC or not. And just simple little things. She also said how, you know, different it was to see her heterosexual friends, when they would get married, they would get, she says, uh, like silver trays and 12 pickle forks, a fondue pot and a trip to Hawaii for settling down. And for her and her relationship, they just, she got nothing or maybe just grief, you know, and it's sad. 
she said originally that um, she just found the courage to ask for the column because she always wanted she asked for the column that she always wanted to hear herself she wanted to be entertained and not offended talked to not about informed not maligned inspired not demoralized that's all a quote from Deb Price it's inspirational one of her loyal readers Dana Nessel who's now Michigan's Attorney General said quote thank you for making me feel less alone and hopeful for a world that might one day embrace LGBTQ people instead of loathing us she often said don't fear she often said don't let fear choose your path that's powerful don't let fear choose your path love that story four is from the Wall Street Journal once in a while they have this the future of everything newspaper theme and it always has really creative stuff about the future and it's pretty neat there's an article about um, how we would live on the moon and it just talks about you know some of the craziness it doesn't sound very good your home would be pelted by micro meteorites as fast as bullets and jostled by quakes that last for hours at during the day the temperatures could go to 250 degrees and then at night minus 200 degrees doesn't sound too fun story five is about making it so that houses that are near the ocean can float so make these houses amphibious we always see when there's hurricanes and we see all you know the awful scenes of all the uh, coastline homes that are being washed away into the sea and this way you would just basically start floating like a big dock float or a foam block that's a great idea Sometimes the best ideas are simple. Remember that story, uh, I forget where it's from, but that a semi-trailer truck got stuck and wedged underneath a bridge on the major highway, and traffic was backed up for miles and miles. They couldn't wedge it out. It was so stuck in there. Finally, a little boy came up and said, why don't you just let some of the air out of the tires? And that's exactly what they did, and then they drove the truck right out. Story six is about fresh air, the high tech of fresh air. And they're working on systems to filter the air so that it's so clean. This guy says, Ryan Donovan of Ferguson Enterprises, a seller of HVAC and plumbing products, says, In 10 years, I do think it's possible that the air sensor will tell you there's a flu virus in the air. And a special boutique building very high scale upper scale called Charlotte of the Upper West Side they're building that with an airtight external shell so that fresh air um, tempered filtered treated with ultraviolet light and it will constantly be pumped into all the rooms in the house and of course the same amount of air will be extracted it even says that if you uh, 
were concerned you were around someone with a, a cold or you know someone that visited was sneezing a lot that you can change the settings so that the air exchange is 120 120% so you can bump up the filtration based on if you have a threat of course the cost for this magnificent air is 11 million dollars while penthouses will hit 18 million <laughs> there goes that idea but I'm sure they're they're trying to make it so that it's just the common way and by 2030 this is a system that can seamlessly rid the air of pathogens and bad smells story seven is about a digital nomad named Alan Frey he basically lives the life of a backpacker and I loved reading that all of he all that he owns he only owns 62 items and that's including two pairs of sneakers and he actually plans to get rid of those because he discovered a company where he can rent shoes so literally that guy has nothing but his little backpack and he can just go wherever he wants he uh, he's an entrepreneur he runs a lingerie and love toy company called Amarana so out of UK he all he has is his toothbrush a watch seven pairs of underwear sunglasses <laughs> it just sounds pretty uh, inviting to be able to get up and go like that this article also says that this is a trend that's going to start to explode that uh, that would be a very inviting lifestyle for people that can just get up and go be connected digitally and do all their work just fine and this guy travels in luxurious hotels and eats at fancy restaurants never does any cooking or laundry the extreme version of a digital nomad is that this is a person with no fixed address he lives he or she lives and works while traveling the globe this guy and Alan Frey the impetus for his nomadic lifestyle is when his dad died because he uh, cleaned out his dad's house and just seeing all the stuff that it had accumulated was traumatic for him so he didn't he says I, I did not want that I wanted less ballast hmm, that's a good word too, ballast story 8 is a book recommendation called Brazil that never was by A.J. Lees. This sounds like a pretty creative book, very different. It was, uh, he did another book called Mentored by a Madman, which was an account of a drug-addled beat poet, William Burroughs, and how uh, related to research on Parkinson's disease. And the Brazil book chronicles his obsession with the vanished British explorer, Percy Harrison Fawcett. This is someone that was lost exploring the lost city along the Amazon. And that sounds fascinating. And this says that uh, Dr. Lee's writing is really colorful. Uh, here's an example when he described his English childhood. Quote, the wine 
of the factory sirens and the purring of distant motorcycles on Denton's Green Lane would become my bird song. End quote. And just how he uses language beautifully. He talks about his elegy for vanished youth and how it flared up and shimmered with revelation like lost arrowheads upturned by a plow. Beautiful. He says he was always fascinated by the Amazon. And I can agree, I can see that, you know, just in terms of, you know, my first experience seeing Creature from the Black Lagoon and just how different and, you know, exciting that world must be. I remember also, like, in fourth grade, I think, um, that I was really into when we were studying the Bushmen and the Yamamamo, Yanomamo tribe. I was really interested in all that. All the cultures and everything. He says, uh, well, talking about his childhood obsession, starting with the Amazon, that he, quote, sometimes I tried to pride, oh, prize open the manhole at the bottom of the street, believing it was the portal to this withheld parallel world. And story nine is about an artist, David Cole, and he's described as having a brawny, masculine elegance. He's an artist that was also a volunteer fireman, and he also learned blacksmithing from his grandfather. So he kind of combined all these things into his art, and his art usually has fire in some way or smoke, and uh, it sounds really interesting. Story number 10 is something I saw on TikTok. I'm way into TikTok right now. I don't know if you are. And it's not just for kids. Really, there's more adults going on it. And I just find the um, app to be really creative, very fast. It's just really constructed well. I'm getting so sick of Instagram. And Twitter doesn't do it for me. So this has been something I really like. And actually, it's been kind of key in my... Um, revitalized approach to social media output because what I do in the morning is after I read my paper I'll do six or seven quick you know less than 60 second posts on TikTok and that will give me some that that gets me some momentum for turning those into uh, things for LinkedIn or blog articles or YouTube videos Facebook posts so it's been very helpful. Anyway, I saw a video on there where the guy, he's a mixologist and does cocktails. And they have this thing where they use like a little um, lighter like burner and burn a, a piece of wood. It's almost like a cutting board. And they burn the wood and then they put the glass over the smoke that, that was created. And then they turn that over and they put their cocktail in that. So it's a it's a drink with the uh, flavors of the smoke, you know, whatever wood it's is being flamed. I need to try that. Another video that made me think is that I've always wanted to try a cigar. And there's a guy on there on TikTok. I'll find out the name, but he always has a baseball hat and dark sunglasses and a big beard. So I don't even know what the guy looks like. But his show is about his cigar shop and, you know, giving reviews on cigars. And it's just... I like watching them for some reason. I like watching them 
clipped the cigar and one of them didn't have enough air going through so we had to have a special tool where he poked you know the middle of the um, cigar so that more air could get through and he's got a whole stack of little tools and accoutrements that he uses and uh, I'm interested in that. Adios.